Hello everyone, thank you so much for clicking on yet another episode of Pages from My Notebook, a true-to-life podcast. Welcome to chapter three of the Grad School Diaries. And I got robbed. Girl, (laughs) if you can believe, things have gotten even worse since the last time I updated you. So if you just want to hear how life is going for me so far, keep on listening. So the last episode I uploaded was on September 5th, which feels like a lifetime ago, because it honestly was. Um, (laughs) So much has happened in the two months that I've been here, but let me just catch you up in case this is the first um, episode of the series that you're clicking on. So I graduated with my bachelor's degree in May of this year, and I started my master's degree on August 19th of this year and everything has basically gone to shit since so after I graduated I started intensive therapy and then my boyfriend and I broke up and I moved you know a quarter of the way across the country um my movers got canceled and I had to pay $600 for new ones um my apartment's a piece of crap the management does not care And, uh, the course load is a lot, it's very intense, and I don't really know if it's for me anymore. So, you know, just a brief recap, no man, no money, no friends, no family. And since then, I've gotten robbed. Yeah. Yeah, four years in Pittsburgh, you know, the worst city in the country for black women to live. No, you know, major issues with crime, and yet, in the middle of Cornfield, Illinois, I get my belongings taken from me and (laughs) this is like the biggest series in the entire series of unfortunate events that have happened to me in the past couple of months so shortly before that um because of the stress from school I went to the doctor and it's very likely that I developed a stomach ulcer Yeah, isn't that fantastic? So (laughs) on top of the increased flares of IBS and migraines that I already dealt with, I have been so stressed that my body, my digestive system is just completely relaxed. Like they have no, my body has no energy in keeping that together. So I've basically eroded my stomach lining and (laughs) I have to take this nasty medicine four times a day that makes me feel even more nauseous. So after dealing with all that, it's still not great. And then (laughs) the, the evening of October 5th is, is when I lost my mind. So that day I didn't go to class because I had, you guessed it, a migraine. And I've been using Instacart for years to give my groceries because I don't drive, I don't have a car. And it's been easy, and I'm trying to delegate, I'm trying to not be Captain Save-A-Hole Superwoman, you know, and do everything myself, trying to have people help me. And so I order my groceries, and they're about to be delivered, and my driver, they call me, they, like, are leaving the things in the right place, boom. And so as I'm getting out of the bed to retrieve my groceries that I paid my money for, I hear running up the stairs mind you there are four floors in my building and I live on the second floor and I also live near the Greek life housing at my university so I'm used to just kids being loud and doing stupid shit right and so I don't really think that much of it I'm like you know people they they do what they're gonna do all the time 
And so I hear the running at the staircase that's nearest to my apartment, which is the landing in which I instructed the Instacart delivery person to leave the groceries. And because the walls are very thin in this hellhole of a godforsaken excuse for an apartment, I hear something, the word water. I hear the running upstairs, I hear laughter, and something about water. And so I'm like, I don't know, you know, kids, they they do crazy stuff these days. And so I reach the doorway of the hallway where my groceries are to be delivered. I get, you know, the little picture, the confirmation of delivery. Cool, everything's great. I open the door. There's nothing there. The picture that I received in the Instacart app, it had all my six, you know, paper grocery bags. We love Aldi in this household, you know, stocking up for the next two weeks as one does. But when I opened the door where my groceries were supposed to be, there was only a case of water bottles left. And <laughs> at this point, I... I'm, 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 I'm a little bit in disbelief because there are some, there've been a lot of instances of delivery drivers leaving things and a different stairwell, you know, it's just not in the right place. And so I scrutinized the picture closely. The groceries were there. They were left in the correct place. But when I got there, after checking around all the other stairwells in the building, they, they were indeed gone and I wasn't the one who retrieved them. And so, with my big, my big brain, big, big thoughts, big head, I put two and two together. So, I hear running up the staircase nearest my apartment, where I said the groceries were to be delivered, and when I go to open the door, there's only a case of water left. And mind you, I heard the word water being uttered between the laughter. And so, you know, in my post-migraine haze, I realize... I just got fucking robbed in my 22, now 23 years of life. I have never been stolen from that I know of (laughs) to this magnitude. (laughs) And I, I, I lose it. I immediately, you know that scene in Mean Girls when Regina realizes that Katie has been giving her those protein bars that actually make you gain weight? gain weight and she's outside of the party and she just starts screaming she just starts screaming and like she gets in her car and drives home and she's screaming like all the way up the stairs into her bedroom as she rips down a picture of Katie and like writes in the burn book that was me I got back to my apartment and I screamed I screamed at the top of my lungs because what else am I to do like I said no money no friends no man Um, school is hard. I don't even know if I really want to be here anymore. And I don't have anything to fucking eat because my groceries got stolen. Now, mind you, even if nothing bad had happened to me up until this point, you know, I could maybe have recovered from this. But first of all, who steals groceries? Like, how fucking trifling is that, right? And second of all, they were from Aldi. Like... Nothing special, just, you know, the regular cornflakes, oat milk, eggs. Like, your broke, dusty ass couldn't have the... I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) So, anyway, back to my Regina George breakdown. I am pissed. So, I text... I, you know, gather my evidence, first of all. So, I take a screenshot. I take a picture of what was left outside. Boom, boom, boom. 
And I immediately start typing a note to all of my neighbors because you can, you can shit on me, right? You can like do what you want to me, but I, there's no way that I'm not going to get my lick back, you know? And so (laughs) I get on my computer and I open a, a little Google doc and I gather my evidence. I say, you know, dear neighbors, on October 5th at 4.35 p.m., my groceries were stolen. And I, I put a precursor, you know, I give the information where they were left, what building. And I say, if you didn't do this, please disregard. But if you did do this, and in my original iteration of the letter, I called these people every name <laughs> that I could think of in the book. I insulted their heritage, their lineage, um, their future children to come. I said that, you know, they should vacation outside in the dumpster where they belong. Like, I was just so, (laughs) so pissed because life had just been shitting on me, you know, up until this moment. And even though my apartment is a piece of shit, it's mine for, you know, all intents and purposes. That's another story as well. And so I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to make the best of my living situation. Because if you can't be safe in your own home, where the the hell else are you going to be safe, right? And I, I can't even get groceries without now having the fear that somebody's going to take my cornflakes. Like, <laughs> like, how broke down, low, dirty, disgusting, bitch made do you have to be to steal groceries from somebody? I just can't fathom it. Even in my lowest points, I would never steal somebody else's groceries that they pay for. Would I steal from the grocery store itself? Possibly. Probably, but from somebody else, no. And so (laughs) I'm telling my family about all this, right? And at this point, I am like Angela Bassett set that nigga's stuff and car on fire in the driveway and walk off level angry, right? And (laughs) there's, there's so many things to cover in this episode. But a big theme that I've learned is like, I am just over it. I'm over being a good, I'm over being the better person. I'm over being walked on. I'm over being, you know, the, the picture of the bigger person, you know, my, my bestie, auntie Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. But at this point, when they go low, I'm going to hell. (laughs) I'm going so low beneath the ground that you would never expect how low that there is possibly left to go. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm telling my family all this and they're like, oh, that's terrible, you know. Of course, my dad, like, can you go get groceries another day taking the bus? And my mom's like, you know, put this energy into, into, you know, helping the neighborhood as a a whole, which, you know, God bless, um, all good suggestions. But at this point, my mentality is fuck these kids, fuck these kids as mama and fuck every single piece (laughs) of joy that they could ever have left in their lives. I don't care about anybody else because nobody has given a fuck about me throughout this entire process. Nobody. Not a single person. No Uber driver has has willingly, you know, gotten out of their way to help me when I have a lot of things. Like, I have done everything here physically myself. And if I wasn't already tired and and chronically in pain... You know, maybe I could I could swallow it, but after so much, there is no kumbaya, the pilgrims and the Indians had dinner and held hands. Like, no. 
I'm ready to bust some bitches heads in. I'm ready to kick down doors. I'm ready to slash your tires because who the fuck do you think you're messing with? I'm getting, I'm getting worked up and (laughs) I'm laughing. You never get so mad. You just start laughing. That's the level of angry that I was. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm throwing the book at these people's asses. A cab all the way, all day. But, but once you steal from me, oh, being prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Absolutely you will be. Yeah, if I have anything to do with it, yeah. You're suffering every single consequence and I don't care. I don't care. So, (laughs) all that being said, (laughs) if this is your first episode, welcome. Hey, (laughs) this is me. We're, We're here. We're besties. So, after a few minutes, I, um, rewrite my letter to my neighbors. So I take out all of the curse words, you know, unbeknownst to me, because you never know who who's going to read things, right? And so I basically say, if you didn't steal my groceries, you know, disregard. But if you did, um, I can't afford to eat for the re- for another two weeks. Um, in, in the nicest way possible, um, you're a piece of scum. And if you're not a coward, you're going to give me my money back. And I included my cash app tag on the note. And shout out, shout out my bitch Nancy, Nancy Drew, because as a kid, I read like every Nancy Drew novel and it paid off because due to my inference, I left the note that I typed on every door on the upper apartment floors because I didn't hear any running downstairs. So it makes the most sense that someone who lives above me most likely took or, you know, heard somebody take my groceries. And so I print out the notes, you know, using my own ink and I go, I tape a note to every single door on the upper floors and I wait, I wait. And I was expecting, you know, because when people do bitch made things, they don't want to own up to it. So I just expected, you know, to get a cash app at some point, some point soon. Um, because you know, I, I got you, I know that you did it. So here's that. And as I was putting the notes up, In one of the hallways, I saw a crumpled brown paper bag, much very similar to the ones that my groceries were delivered in. So I know who you are. I know where you live. Um, You're a bitch. And I hope you got food poisoning. Anyway, so (laughs) I leave the note. Um, One of my neighbors, very nice guy. What is his name? I forget his name. Shout out to him. He sent me $10. He didn't do it. Um, But it was just very nice of him. And so that goes on and I am just, I'm over it. And so I email my landlord like, hey, this is not going to work. Like I'm breaking my lease or I have to. And on top of that, (laughs) this man, I email him, you know, a list of grievances that have happened since the last time I updated him on the state of this apartment, including the improper repair of my shower, which, you know, had tears in the linoleum and was repaired, you know, it, it, it's basically not repaired and the drain came off. It's just a mess. So I'm like, I had to break my lease. And this man, <laughs> this man responds, I'm sorry to hear all of that. In my 10 years managing properties, all of these things have happened in some capacity. Unfortunately, we can't break your lease, but we'll waive the subletting fee. Excuse me? <laughs> At this point, like, you see... <laughs> There's just, there's only so much bullshit I believe that humans are able 
to swallow without combusting and that I've just I've reached my limit because first of all your stupid (laughs) maintenance man came up in here trying to gaslight me saying like you know the building's just old you know and COVID was so hard we didn't know if we were going to survive girl it's two years later you've been collecting rent the whole time I don't give half of an iota of a neuron of an atom of a damn about your bank account when you're taking almost $900 from me and 50 other people monthly. I don't. You can keep all of that. And you're middle-aged white men. I have no sympathy for you anyway. Life was built for you. And you're trying to make me feel bad for you? Please. Please. Give it up, delicious. You look like a man. Stop. (laughs) I'm just, (laughs) I'm sick and tired of it at this point. And it's here, from here, that this is where I start (laughs) my journey with the legal system. Like I said, my girl, Nancy Drew, she got the shit done on her own. From what I remember, she didn't need the police. They were useless. But, you know, in this day and age, there's only so much you can do, especially as a black person in America regarding the law. So I start to look at other apartments. I start to look into the graduate housing through the university, which objectively might even be worse than here it gives jail cell it's like cinder block walls it's deep in the cut <laughs> people in my class said it's like the projects like <laughs> the housing situation here it's just dire it's just it's just bad and throughout all of this it's like enough is enough i i can read signs like this place doesn't want me here i'm gone like the program isn't what I thought it was going to be it's really hard I hate where I'm living you know no one wants to help me I'm I'm gonna go home I'm gonna leave (laughs) like thanks but no thanks and the messed up thing about that is it's so hard it's it's difficult to leave it's difficult to to get help when you finally get to a place and that's what I've been dealing with I filed a police report police haven't gotten back to me. I filed or tried to set up an appointment with student legal services. Nobody's gotten back to me. I contacted Instacart saying that I got stolen and said I got robbed asking for a refund. Nobody's gotten back to me. And it's just like, God damn, like what, what is the point? (laughs) What is the point of me being here? Because at this point, going through all of this for another year and a half, just have three letters after my name. I don't know about that one, chief. I really... I really don't know about it. And so <laughs> I'll give y'all a second to di- to digest all of that that has happened. Um, and so that's, that's the main catalyst for this next chapter of my grad school <laughs> journey. So, you know, I'm just, truth is I'm tired. I'm fed up. I'm done. Um, and I, I have a therapy appointment and I tell my therapist all of this, you know, and that's why I love therapy because it's a, it's a safe space, you know, and I do feel validated because everyone that I've told this story to outside of my family has like, you know, for the most part, like I feel, I feel vindicated. Like I'm not going crazy that bad stuff is happening and that I have a right to be angry about things and that's another section in this episode this is gonna be a long one because <laughs> girl I, <laughs> I have a lot to say but um yeah so it's just that just set off a whole chain of events of me trying to get out of trying to get out of dodge and it's just not working and the thing about 
going through hell is that you just have to keep going. And even when you try to get out of it or around it, like it just keeps pulling you back in. And that's why I'm recording this episode still in this janky ass apartment because it just, it just won't let me out of its trap. It just won't let me go. And I know I'm cute, beautiful, everything amazing, but like, please, you already told me in so many ways that you don't want me. So why, why are you trying to make me stay? Woo. Okay. We're back. Um, (laughs) I I had to take a water break because I hadn't, um, relived these emotions in you know a couple weeks now so I got riled up I did um but you know the emotions they they still stand um yeah so (laughs) after everything after after getting robbed um I can't get let out of my lease um every other apartment that's has availability is more than I'm paying now and I'm already in a bind you know in my (laughs) five figures of credit card debt from moving here I have no savings um and it's just looking like you know even if I were able to get out of this lease where was where was I supposed to go and as as a as a person with you know a conscience and like morals I don't feel comfortable advertising this hellhole as a place that you should sublease and spend uh, your money on because I've had a terrible experience. So I'm between a rock and a really shitty hard place at this moment. And everyone in my is in my corner, you know, they're, besides, you know, the leasing office is um, trying to help me. My therapist is giving me all these recommendations. Um, my family's trying to be supportive in the best way that they know how you know, in their God-fearing way, but at this point, like, I'm mad, and I just, I just wanted, I just wanted to be done, and I'm over it, and like I said, if, if, if one or, one of two, one of two things could happen, my apartment could be shit, but if school was going well, and I felt motivated, and I was like, yes, this is what I'm here to learn, this is what I'm here for, I could deal with it, right, or if my apartment was just, even decent if it was okay but school was at the was as hard as it is now you know I could handle one of the two (laughs) one of the two I could get through but both bitch (laughs) girl god I'm not I'm not your strongest soldier you know when you made me you sprinkled in a little bit too much weak juice like I it's just, it's just not for me. I can't, I can't handle it. <laughs> not strong. I'm tired of it. So it's, it's just a lot. And, uh, yeah. So as I'm recording this on the 23rd of October, I was robbed on the 5th. Um, my, or I should say the assistant to the leasing manager lives in my building actually which I didn't know beforehand and she read the note that I put on the door and this is why I'm glad a little bit that I took out all of the <laughs> all of the curse words because shout out to homegirl shout out to her she's probably not gonna listen to this um but she is the one that took initiative to check the security cameras not the landlord who just said you know hey shit happens but homegirl I well I'm calling her that because she's cool she's probably white <laughs> what okay never mind that doesn't matter um she's the one who checked the security cameras and I get a call a couple days later from the landlord apologizing saying that bright as day clear in 4k they know exactly who stole my groceries and where they live 
and those motherfuckers had the audacity to be giggling and laughing as they took my things. I already went off on them earlier, so I'm going to hold it. And, you know, the cherry on top, you know, if that wasn't incredulous enough, these same people are also responsible for the package break-ins that have been happening for months now. They tear open packages and just leave them in the stairwells. And so the landlord goes to say that they approached them. And at first the guy was starting to say like, oh, we thought they were ours. Bitch, no, you didn't. Um, And then he said he wanted to apologize personally to me. And that, you know, he was going to give me my money back through the landlord to give to me. And I was like, you know what? Sure, I'll take their email because I'm assuming they wanted me to email them so then they could apologize to me. No, bitch. Now I have your full name and I looked you up. I know exactly who you are. And I know exactly how. Mm. <laughs> I'll, I'll refrain because you know how I feel about that. Um, but it's just like, wow, the audacity. Like from what I read about this person, like he comes from a well off place. Like there is no need for you to do what you did. And you did it just for fun because obviously you get your rocks off because you were laughing and giggling with your broke ass friend. So it's just infuriating. And um, as far as I know, this person hasn't been evicted yet. But I we got an email they sent to all the tenants that they are collecting information about all of the thefts that have happened recently. So they can identify the individual who did it. Which me with my insider tea, they know exactly who it is. And I'm hoping and praying they're trying to get enough evidence to evict. But like, honestly, you have the camera footage. So how that wasn't enough from the first couple of infractions, you know, crimes. I don't know. You know, um, <laughs> so that that's that's where that is. I'm still living with criminals, obviously. Um you know, so that makes me feel great. Um, as far as other neighbors, they're, they're okay. Um, the ones directly sharing a wall with me, um, I I feel bad for them because it sounds terrible, but they have the worst cough. Like it's just really gross. Um, yeah, so (laughs) that's just not good to live with. And it's just, it's just still dirty. And I just, I just hate it here. Um, so yeah, I have my alarm system and my you know baseball bat and pepper spray and I'm just trying to protect myself as much as I can but that is (laughs) that's what's going on as far as my living situation so yeah trash it sucks really really bad so now that you're caught up on my apartment chronicles let's move on to academics so Another recap, I am attending the University of Illinois on a graduate college fellowship, so I do not have to pay any tuition, just the remainder of the fees to go here. So essentially, I'm also getting a stipend. So on paper, it looks perfect that I'm getting paid to get a degree that I really wanted and I'm excited about. However, in in practice... It's not all sunshine and posies and roses, right? So a typical week in my graduate program is, you know, two to three readings per lecture. 
And you have each class twice a week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. There's no classes on Fridays. So at least two to three readings or chapters, you know, nothing less than 10 pages usually. Or if it is shorter than that, it's just a lot of really dense academic writing, whatever. Um, you have a project in each of the classes and those projects all include writing memos and either creating many different tables and graphs or maps. And if you've ever made a map in ArcGIS or done anything in Excel besides, you know, basic math, you know that those, it takes a really, really long time. And that's not even including all the research and, you know, <laughs> actual work you have to do to get to the data that you're putting into these programs to then produce the figures that you need to then write a memo about to explain. Um, so yeah, it is very technical. These are the core courses that are required for the degree. And I understand, you know, that they are part of my responsibility in being a practitioner in the field and also right now as a student. However, um, that doesn't make them any less exhausting. <laughs> Everyone I've talked to, um, I, I haven't really gotten close to too many people yet. Um, you know, so far, everyone's really nice. Uh, shout out Natalia, love you girl. Um, you know, a lot of, we, we just, we're just all burnt out. <laughs> it's only been two months. I got off the plane on August 17th, and I'm recording this on October 23rd, and all of this has happened in two and a half months, you know, um, every, everything that I've described in this episode. And then if you go back and listen to the first two, everything that has happened, recapping them in real time. So, you know, just with anybody, anyone would be exhausted at this level of work and being very honest, if this was a career, if it was a job and like I was getting paid a salary to do all of this, I would quit. <laughs> I would quit and work at a Starbucks because it's just too much stress for like I'm learning and I, I recognize that the information is important and I'm doing well considering the circumstances, but the effort that it takes to just like for me to stay afloat just with everything, it's just, it's too much. This too much. Like I read, I've been, I've been on Reddit a lot, um, the grad school Reddit, and someone said that professors are just researchers who have a teaching obligation, and that is tea. <laughs> that is tea, because no shade, so, there are some that are better at lectures than others, and others that are just, like, using it as comedy hour, which is like, okay, bro, cool if that makes you feel better, but, like, this is not at home at your dinner table, like, you can throw in some jokes here and there, but every, <laughs> I'm very clearly talking about one person. And if you know, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> but let me just segue into that out of the three classes I'm currently taking one class, I just am really not great at. And that's the class where we have to use Excel. And in terms of the requirement for the degree, it was either you learn how to use Excel or you learn how to do coding. And, um, Again, if you listen to any episode, you know, from my engineering phase, uh, coding is literally the devil's handwriting and I hate it. Um, so that wasn't going to happen. And so I was like, Excel, you know, I also don't like it, <laughs> but I've used it enough in the past where I thought, you know, hey, I can get by. Wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's just on top of the program, just not being great 
to use, right? When you have someone teaching it who who doesn't want to give you instructions, it's it's hard. Like a lot of the a lot of the assignments will say like we expect you to figure this out or calculate this and they don't provide any steps any any resources past the bare minimum and it's like you know the the background that we all come from is very diverse and a lot of people a lot of people just in in general come to urban planning from all types of backgrounds and me I have a degree in urban studies like I have a leg up technically on a lot of people but this is still really hard and so when you approach it like, you know, in the field, you're expected to do this and no one's going to hand it to you and you just have to figure it out. <laughs> you know, that's not really real either because I've had a professional internship and they were very thorough in making sure that we understood what we were doing and walking us through things. And so that whole antiquated like, you know, in the real world, it's going to be like X, Y, and Z. That's not true. Like, I'm sorry that was your boomer experience, but like, it's, it's a different world. You know, welcome to the 60s. <laughs> Shout out to Hairspray. Um, yeah, so that class, I it's not going well. And it's not that I can't do the work because, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, I can do it. Like, I am, I am able to use my brain enough to understand what I'm supposed to be doing. But in my heart, I just hate it. I just really don't like it. And in the line of work I want to do, I want to work with people. I want to make you know, reality is better. And yes, I understand that, you know, learning how to work with data and statistics and XYZ to secure funding, I blah, blah, blah. Like, I know that's important, but like, I don't want it to be there. The, the degree in the course and the instructor are making it seem like this, this big thing. But I know that in the real world, it's not necessarily going to be like that. And I think that they do while the instructors here do have impressive resumes, you know, it's not the same as the field we're going to be stepping into. We as in my cohort and other, you know, people studying the degree currently. And so it's just it's just a mismatch in some places. Like it's just it's just awkward sometimes and other professors are vague and you know, there's like a lot of different barriers within the program. Like a lot of people are from India and overseas. So, you know, you know how much I've struggled just moving across states, being an American. I can only imagine, you know, entire oceans and continents away. And everyone is just trying to adjust. But it's just, it's just really, it's just weird. You know, it's awkward. It's, it's really awkward. And we're all trying our best. But a lot of days we're all like, what the fuck? <laughs> And it seems like not an us versus them type of thing in regards to like students versus um, instructors, but I don't know. They just don't seem to recognize that their class is not the only class that we have, which has been a constant theme in higher education, um, but also that, you know, we're not getting paid to do this. We're paying you to teach us how to do this. And so when you don't teach us, um, you know, <laughs> it brings to question where, where, what's the money for, you know, what, what are we funding your salary for? So, um, yeah. And two out of my three classes, I'm doing well, you know, it's mostly theory. And then another one is making maps, which I spent a whole summer doing. Um, like I said, still not my favorite thing, but I, I can physically mentally do the work. 
um, and I've been getting good grades, and the TAs, the feedback in those have been great. But in this in this other class, it just it's just not meshing with me. And at this point, I've learned what what my boundaries are, and I feel like I've met, I've reached them. And so I don't. It sounds it sounds bad. It sounds bad. But for this particular class, C C's get degrees. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm a grown woman. I realize you know when I've had enough. So I just I just I'm not gonna expend any more emotional energy into this course. I'm just gonna be a robot and do the work. I don't really care to understand past you know just the technical work that I'm doing. I know. On the grand scheme of things, when you analyze economic value and unemployment rates and X, Y, and Z, I like I know what that means, and so <laughs> I'm just going to do the work and disengage because if I keep trying to mesh with this instructor and this teaching style that just isn't working for me, it's just I, it's too much. It's too taxing on top of the real life that I have to live outside of this hour and twenty minute class twice a week. So it's just it's just not. It's just not going to happen. And I guess I should say, if this instructor ever listens to this, hopefully not. Well, actually, bro, yeah, uh, because I, I had to tell this this man to his face, like, telling us to just figure it out when a lot of us are completely new to this, that's not cool. <laughs> like, it's not helpful, but it's also, it's, it's kind of come across as an asshole. Um, yeah, and you know, they're not a bad person, but just not... Er- Different strokes for different folks. Not everybody is going to be for everybody. And this person is just not for me. So once I'm done with this class, I hope, not hopefully, that's shady. <laughs> I'm just most likely not going to take their classes again. And that's okay. I feel like as adults, we shouldn't find a problem with this. Um, yeah. It might be a little bit awkward to know that like somebody just doesn't like you, but that's life. You know, if I... <laughs> If I kept track of everyone who didn't like me, like, I would never get any sleep at night, but I don't care. So, um, yeah, that's that. As far as school-wise, it's just nonstop work. Every time you get a quote-unquote day off or nothing is due, there's always something around the corner or always something you need to be working towards. Because a lot of the assignments and projects are comprehensive, so the work that you do now, you're going to have to recall back to later for like your final projects and things but even then that's not always the case because now after midterms we've just switched switched like courses in the course completely so all the work that we did before like we're just not going to be using that anymore but you still have to like call back on some of the skills so it's like it's it's a lot to to juggle mentally for one class you know let alone a lot of us have two or three other ones three or four total It's just a lot. It is so much work. And everyone says grad school is a lot of work, but, like, this is a lot. And it's not like a PhD where you have six years and, like, only a couple classes and the most is research. Like, we got two years to fit all this shit in. So, (laughs) we're hitting the ground running, but me, personally, I'm crawling. Like, (laughs) it's just, it's just, it's a lot. Like I said, it's only been two months, but it feels like I've been here forever. But time is just moving, like, too fast and too slow. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, And it's hard, like, adjusting to a new place to live. 
even without your place that you're living being shitty like mine is so it's really hard i try really hard not to be a victim be like oh what was me blah 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 but some days like it's literally like what what did i do to deserve this like it feels like a personal attack (laughs) like just all that's happened in the year 2022 like it was supposed to be my year and a lot of major good things have happened you know but also like when so much bad happens in a short amount of time it's like ah it's hard hard to see the forest through the trees you know or no that's how it goes um yeah so that leads me to the revelation i had which (laughs) brings us to the title of this episode which is me channeling l woods and entering my legally blonde era so <laughs> that's uh what you missed on glee this week um or this month i should say so yeah your girl's been through a lot and you know just mentally and physically i just felt like shit <laughs> um you know i've i've changed doses and switched antidepressants i've um like i mentioned before i either have an ulcer or i develop gastritis <laughs> And as someone who already suffers from IBS and acid reflux, you know, it's just, it's just not, it's not been great. Um, my self-esteem hasn't been the highest and it's just hard waking up every day, like knowing something shitty is going to happen. Or if nothing actively shitty happens, you're still dealing with the past (laughs) shitty thing that it's happened, which is most likely very recent and, you know, traumatic. And... I just feel like (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I've definitely reached my quarter life crisis and it's two years early because I just turned 23 on the 12th. Um, And it's not even, well, I guess it's kind of like a, what am I doing? But more so like every plan that I've thought that was going to work for me hasn't really in the way that not even just the way that I thought, like the way that, that like would be a good thing. <laughs> and, and I do, I, I do admit I have to work on comparing myself to others, but it's like either people are in grad school and they, you know, move to a new city and they're immediately making friends and they have a group that they can cling to, or they've started, you know, full-time jobs and, in other great cities and they also have friends and like <laughs> you know are are living a, a a different type of life and i just feel like i'm still stuck in that shitty like new adult nothing's real you're just still figuring it out um and like i am an adult but it's not like i'm not completely independent like i'm still on my mom's insurance but like i'm also not like needing permission to do things like you know, I can, I can drink alcohol. I can get on a plane and fly anywhere I want to. You know what I mean? Um, so it's like this weird in between of like knowing that you could do literally whatever you want, but like (laughs) you also can't because that's not realistic or responsible. And so obviously social media is, it's an edited highlight reel. It's curation of what you want people to see, blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't even, even if I were to edit what I wanted people to see, like, I don't have anything to, to show off. <laughs> I don't, I, I, there's no part of my life right now that I feel 
I would envy if I saw somebody else with it. Nothing. Like, <laughs> I just got dumped. I've gained 100 pounds in the last two years. Um, my net worth is in the negative tens of thousands. Um, I don't have any savings. Um, you know, I'm breaking out. Um, my hair is shedding. <laughs> like, my feet are ashy. Like, I, I don't have anything that... I don't know, just anything that I would really be proud of, I guess. Um, that's sad. Wow. Um, I know that I'm, like, a good person. Like, I have morals. But even now, after all this stuff is happening, like, I'm irritable. Like, I'm snapping on people. I'm getting angry at more things. And it's just, like, I don't like, I don't like this. Um, I'm, I am healing my relationship with anger, which I feel like could be a whole other episode, you know, part two to the power of anger but like I just I just know there's a change to be made and I know that everyone everything happens in everyone's timing but it's like golly like we all have peaks and valleys but I've been in the valley of the valley it's like god please (laughs) give me something and like I think it also contributes to the quarter life crisis I don't know if I love TikTok, you know, because there's literally like a person who has been through something I've been through or thinks the same thing I think. And that's comforting knowing that I've never had an original thought (laughs) that like there is somebody in the world that can relate to me and that understands me. And a big thing I've touched on is like, you know, people who have been the good girl their whole life have realized it hasn't really it hasn't really panned out, you know. Like, we know how to be responsible human beings and, like, nice to people, but, like, we didn't really have that much fun. We didn't really listen to ourselves because we didn't want people to think of us as a certain way or whatnot. And I try not to have regrets, and I guess I don't really so far, but I don't know. What's, like, a stepping stone between regret and, like, something you wish you did differently? Or maybe there isn't one. I don't know. I just feel like I've been having these series of like not knowing who I am, figuring it out a little bit, you know, that being tested, then going back to do I really know or like, is this, it's just, it's just a big, it's just a big question mark right now. And I just, I don't feel resilient anymore. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm spent. Like I have nothing left to give to to myself, let alone anybody else. And it's hard because as you become more of an adult, like it's just more, it just requires more of you to do more things for yourself. And obviously that's a good thing to be able to take care of yourself, which I know that I can do, but I just realized I need help and I, and I need to make a change. And this is where escapism helps because I took a trip to Chicago for my birthday and I watched Legally Blonde probably three times in like four days. <laughs> and I figured out a lot of parallels between myself and Elle Woods. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna break down the movie and how I feel it applies to me and how I'm gonna be moving forward. 
Now, if you've never seen it, and I don't know what rock you've been living under if you haven't, but Legally Blonde is an iconic cult classic, uh, (laughs) you know, shining beacon of the early 2000s rom-com, you know, single girls doing it for themselves. Just like fun, girly era of movies where... We have our protagonist, Elle Woods. She's a sorority girl. You know, she has a 4.0. She has a perfect life, basically. Dog, anything she can ever want. Hot boyfriend, you know. And she essentially gets broken up with by this boyfriend for not being quote-unquote serious enough. And, <laughs> in, like, just incredibly, because he breaks up with her to go to Harvard Law School, she decides... I'm going to be serious enough for him. I'm going to win him back and I'm going to get in and I'm going to go to Harvard and I'm going to get my man. <laughs> and just like the thought of that alone is iconic. <laughs> but the way that the movie like takes you through Elle's development and like we we stand Reese Witherspoon in this house. Like just the way that her character develops through the movie is just it's just chef's kiss. And that's what makes this movie one of my personal favorites and just a great watch. Like I said, I watched it like three times now and it's just, it's still consistently funny and heartwarming all at the same time. And so essentially, like I said, Elle, she has everything, you know, the perfect hair, the dog, president of her sorority, 4.0 GPA. Like she's, she's had a great life. She's had a great time. And it's not that I necessarily relate to her on that sense because I don't have any of those things. (laughs) But you know, at the time of this transition in my life, going to graduate school, like I graduated, you know, magna cum laude and I had a boyfriend. I was in love and I wasn't as sideswiped by her. I wasn't as sideswiped by our breakup as Elle was when she got dumped by her boyfriend Warner, but it was still like, damn, (laughs) you know, like, it's not I don't know there are two different circumstances but I relate to her because it's like you thought things were going well and then boom like your entire plan is shattered and every every girl who well I don't even know how I want to say this but like just the way that it's played like I it's just like so holy and fully relatable like it's it's hard to describe without like actually talking to someone who's seen it but if you've seen Legally Blonde like you know (laughs) um and so of course after she gets dumped L she goes into a bit of a you know downward spiral a depression and she's like I got it he wants a girl that's serious he's going to Harvard Law School to become you know whatever fancy person he's supposed to be I'm gonna do that too you want you want a Jackie instead of a Marilyn I will do that you know what I mean and (laughs) Again, incredibly, like, she buckles down, gets this amazing LSAT score, you know, combined with her GPA, and even her getting into Harvard, like, nobody, nobody expects L to do this. Like, even when he breaks up with her, her friends and family are like, I mean, it happens, but, like, you're gonna go through all of this and, like, do this really hard thing in order to, like, achieve this goal, <laughs> which is, like, you know, the whole premise of the movie is even though she's blonde and you know pretty and people don't expect much from her like she's this very like complex independent person who 
ends up doing amazing things, but nobody really believes in her potential because she just looks like she has everything and doesn't need to use her actual skills and talents. Which again, I don't necessarily relate to that because people don't look at me and think I'm pretty enough to get by on not being smart because I'm fat and black. (laughs) So that's not a thing. But, you know, I relate to people not necessarily always understanding what I want to do or why I want to do it. Um, You know, there's a quote that you can't take directions from people who haven't been where you're trying to go. And I feel like that's definitely the theme of this movie. Like, Elle is like, I want my man back. I'm going to go to Harvard to get him. And so I'm going to do all the steps it takes to get in (laughs) and go to Harvard and reach my goal. And... I definitely have felt supported in, you know, my grad school application journey and my my just higher education in general. Um, But again, once I got here and started going through the things like it's hard to explain it to people who haven't done it or people who have done it in a completely different time and different field. So it's really not the same thing at all. And so, (laughs) um, you know, eventually Elle she she gets the score she goes to harvard and <laughs> everyone is like what like what are you doing and she's like unapologetically herself throughout the entire film like the biggest crisis is that she thinks she needs to grow go brunette in order for warner to want her back honestly it's like no like he just sucks and you're better than him but She gets to Harvard and she's like, you know, in her bright demeanor, wearing pink, like she has her dog, she's bright and peppy and everyone is like making fun of her for being herself. And that is something I can relate to, like growing up being considered like weird or nerdy and like people not really understanding you or making fun of you for liking what you like. It's like, okay, well, I'll just shut the hell up then. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and just being that fish out of water, I definitely relate to that how Elle felt like and that's it's acted so well like in the first like montage scene where she's like at orientation and like every time someone speaks to her and like demeans her like you can just see her like start to wilt and try to hide herself and that's it's just so it's so realistic because that happens so much in academia that nobody talks about everyone's just like oh you know you find your people and it's a great time, but like, it's actually a lot of rejection until you figure out A, who you are, and B, people that will accept you for who that person is. Like, the scene where Elle goes to her first class after running into Warner and she's just completely unprepared, like she's the only one without a laptop, she's the only one who didn't do the readings, she gets kicked out of class and like made fun of, and I just completely and wholly relate to being like the fish out of water, like... little fish in a big ocean completely out of your league and like not prepared and like confused and frustrated like it's just it's just so it's such a representative of my experience you know just like in general outside of obviously Elle has a better time because she is conventionally attractive and white and rich and whatnot but it just like I just I just love this movie I just love it because as someone who's been through those things, watching somebody triumph over that, regardless of what else, you know, they have for or against them, it just makes you feel good. It makes you feel good. And so, again, we remember that Elle is here to get her boyfriend back. And so class is like sort of a second 
string thing for her. And, you know, people set her up. She goes to the Halloween party where she's the only one in the costume and no one else is there. And she's talking to her ex-boyfriend. He's like, you know, you're not smart enough to, like, be here, right? And she realizes, I'm never going to be good enough for you, am I? And that is where it clicks because Elle becomes, like, the baddest bitch. She, like, she goes to buy her laptop. Like, she is just so, like... (laughs) She buys her laptop. She hits the books. She doesn't let those people stop her anymore because she realizes that she is so much more than what people see her as and that what people see her as or think of her doesn't matter because it only matters what she wants to pursue because it's her life and her actions that she can take. Uh, I I just, I stand. And (laughs) I've watched this movie like a million times throughout my life, but now like especially going through a breakup it is different because my ex-boyfriend is a wonderful person he wasn't anything you know like warner in terms of being a jerk like he's very driven and smart and xyz but it's (sighs) girl (laughs) it's been four months since we broke up i guess and Technically, he broke up with me, but I understood it. So I guess it's kind of mutual, but not really. I don't know. Um, And it's nothing like I wasn't good enough or like anything like the scenario Elle went through. But we were just two people that worked. We worked for the time. And I think in a way, we were, were both still have a lot of growing to do and like discovering what we need individually and that doesn't negate that we are good partners but you know with the logistics of you know living apart and just uh, just all the messiness of adult relationships you know it just it just didn't I don't know I don't want to say that it didn't work because we worked really well it's just the logistics of it Um, and so it's nothing like one of us is better than the other. Um, it just, it's the, it's the catalyst for each of ours next chapter, I guess is the nice way to say it. (laughs) I don't really know, but, um, Yeah, so I relate to Elle in that way, in that she's in this completely different place, alone, and the people she thought she knew or was close to were completely different. Um, Like I said, I don't have any friends or family out here, so it's not necessarily that, but what I expected from this program that I'm in, you know, in terms of, like, the people that I meet or the professor's demeanors, like, everything, everything is different and not what I expected, so I completely relate to her feeling alone and being in this situation that she didn't that she didn't expect she didn't know that it was going to be the way that it was and she just has to make it work and like Elle I am motivated by spite like (laughs) she says I'll show you how valuable Elle Woods can be and like for me you're not going to walk all over me like you want to rob me I will show you (laughs) what you're messing with like I just I really identify with her determination and I love her character arc how you see her you know, long for her old life and what she had, but also realizing that there are other parts to her and other things that she's interested in and that are going to work for her life, you know, and she still loves the people that, you know, helped her 
get to where she is, but she can still move forward, you know, and bring them with her, but still live her own life. And I think that's really powerful. And that's something that I'm trying to do. (laughs) That's something I've been trying to do since I was 18, you know, applying to colleges out, out of, out of state, out of, you know, any place that I've ever known before. And so I very heavily identify with that. And especially now in graduate school, I know just how hard, how difficult. <laughs> I can only imagine 2001 with, you know, not even a, a eighth of the resources we have now. Being in law school, girl, please, girl, please. <laughs> so again, um, newly single girls in a place that's totally unfamiliar and the way that our personalities are, it just doesn't seem to mesh with the current climate. And so we're just trying to navigate our way through it all. And that's why I really feel like I'm entering my legally blonde L Woods era because <laughs> like I I have to suspend some reality because obviously it's a fictional movie. It's inspired by true events. I do want to read the book, but I just think that I need to channel my differences as my superpowers because throughout the whole movie, people doubting her, whatever, L, she still wore pink when she won the lawsuit. She was wearing a pink head to toe. Like, she never changed her her hair color. She always kept her nails did. Like, she stayed true to herself, even though she was still discovering who she was. And that's a point that I really want to get to because we both, we both had our crisis, like, Elle was like, when she was about to leave Harvard because nothing was working out, you know, I've been there. Like, (laughs) I was like, this is not what I wanted. Like, you know, there's no friends. Everyone's mean. Um, The professors are terrible. Like, it's just not the place for me. But even though that's the case, like, there are people that are rooting for Elle. Like, Paulette and then the teacher that was mean to her at first who like was in the nail salon coincidentally when she was about to leave like I know that there is a greater purpose for why I'm here and I don't think that like I'll meet my eventual husband here like Elle did with um Emmett you know but I I just hope for a better (laughs) I just hope similarly for an ending where I just get to graduate and look forward to the future with hope and happiness and I guess more self-confidence because right now I just feel like I'm definitely in like the beginning half of the movie where Elle is just like this is not the tea girl like I feel like shit (laughs) um and so I'm I'm waiting for the turning point where, you know, I just need a couple people in my corner, which I feel like maybe I'm getting, but I just need one person in my corner who believes in me, who will allow me to give me the space, you know, to figure out my shit and really what I'm doing here and what I need to, I don't, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? If you've watched the movie, you know what I'm talking about and This analogy, it's really strong in my head, but I don't have the words to describe it because I'm just so exhausted trying to, trying to put, you know, one foot in front of the other every day. But essentially being yourself is your superpower and don't listen to anyone who says that you can't do something because you absolutely can and you can do it in your own unique way. And that's what makes you great. 
And so I highly encourage you to watch Legally Blonde because that's what I'm going to be modeling this next year and a half of my life after just being Elwoods, you know, and that means keeping up with myself, doing what makes me happy and, you know, not changing for anybody. You can definitely grow and realize new things that you're good at and that you want to do, but you don't have to do it just to be accepted by other people or to be wanted by somebody else. So yeah, that that's where I'm at now. I'm trying, I'm trying every day to be a little bit more like Elle and, you know, through it all, even when she was having a bad day, she was still kind of positive, you know? Um, so I'm definitely in my, in my about to pack it up and go home phase, but I, I, I need a win. I need a win. I need someone to give me a chance so I can get to that win, like, Brooke did when she fired um, the original lawyer and let Elle defend her and she figured it out because of the knowledge that she uniquely had that no one did about hair care. Like, <laughs> again, if you've seen the movie, you know, but how she wins the case at the end just by being herself is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I'm just wait. I'm waiting for my moment. And I don't know if I'm able to create that or if I have to. I, I don't know, honestly, because right now, like I said, I'm just trying to survive at this point and get through this semester and hope that I find a reason to keep going, honestly, because I might be forced to because, <laughs> you know, there are contractual obligations and whatnot, but yeah, after the storm comes the rain, you know, after Elle got dumped, she became a lawyer. So after I got dumped, hopefully I become an urban planner. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's where we're going to wrap up this episode, this chapter of the grad school diaries. Thanks for, you know, listening, even if you didn't listen this far, even if you just let this play in the background while you're clipping your toenails, like just thanks. Um, I do feel better after talking through all of this and there is a lot I left out a lot of details I could have went into but just know that I'm just having a rough time this party sucks and I want to go home but <laughs> I don't have a ride so <laughs> I just have to wait it out um so yeah just if you're going through it just just keep going I know that's hard you can take breaks take care of yourself set boundaries that's what I'm trying to do every day so yeah that's um just pray for your girl send me some money if you can <laughs> if you can um click on my links you know shop my amazon store just just help me out because because your girl's going through it um some days are better than others but they're all pretty bad <laughs> Okay, I'll stop talking now. Um, thank you so much for clicking on this episode of Pages for My Notebook, a true life podcast. I've been your host. My name is Erica, and I hope to have you listening again soon. Bye.